We worship you. Lift up your voice and worship the Lord. Give God the praise for what God did yesterday. Thank God for what He did two days ago. Thank God for what He's doing tonight. Father, we exalt you. Lord, we bless you. Father, we give you the praise and honor. We exalt and magnify thee. We had a visitation from Monday. We had yesterday. Today will be greater than yesterday and yet and day for yesterday. Amen. If you have been having a good time with the Lord throughout this day, wave your hands to me. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. O oh my soul. Worship His Sing like this. Somebody say, You're just warming up. I want you to sing from your spirit. You know what God is doing within this period is unction for healing. We went into prophetic at the beginning. We entered into healing. Alright, today we are going to higher dimension of it. Somebody is going to see an open vision here. Somebody will fall into a trance in this place. So when you sing, let your spirit sing. Today is the last day of the eighth month of 2016. Hallelujah. With joy from your heart, let us say... Yeah, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy sing like this, sing like this, happy oh my soul, I worship your Thank you, Father.
You, Lord, you. 
about the difference between the healing by faith and the gift of healing. And that song was a test case for you. You know, when you were singing it, as many of you who, when you were singing it, you felt that it is you. You really meant it is you. That the blind will see and the, and the lame will walk. You got it. If you miss that, when I teach you, you can still enter if you can turn your heart. I would gather now. Whenever you come to the house of God, anything you do, you must do with your spirit. Because Jesus said, 
God seeks worshippers, not with lips, not with action, but with the Spirit. So whenever you, are, you have an opportunity to speak the Word of God, if it does not in your heart, if you do not have an attitude that is to you, it will not spark up the faith in you that can manifest the Word, so you just sang, nothing will happen. But whenever you begin to speak or sing or read, and you have that in your spirit, instantly you click into it and it happens. And God has already done it. Take your seats a few minutes. Let me teach you further. Please, go ahead and take your seats. What we are looking at in this convention is the gift of healing. Yesterday, uh, three days ago, we looked into healing as a, as a gift. And some of you lay hands on the sick immediately after praying for it. And people were healed. Now somebody asked me, what's the difference between, because we have people who had pain, people who had, um, you know, various uh, conditions and pains in their body, and it left. What's the major difference between that and people, and when people are healed of paralysis? I will be covering all that today. The first thing that you must write, I told you yesterday, is this. Healing is a promise to all believers. Healing is a promise. All Christians can operate in healing. Mark sixteen seventeen. It says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. This will accompany all who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. The next verse says, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It says they will pick up serpents with their hands and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick and they will recover. Now let me show you, let, help us understand this. The condition for anyone to fulfill these signs is Believing in the name of Jesus Christ. That is salvation. So when somebody is born again right now, all these abilities is embedded in the salvation that he has got. Are we together? Now what I, what I do as a person is that I know that in teaching the word of God across the globe, people have various views and various slangs and languages they speak. Which doesn't have his roots in the Bible. I don't do that. I will not do that. If I speak a language, it is in the Bible. I always try to make sure that I do not get myself involved with all these um, 
new languages flinging all over the whole place just to impress people. Okay? At the same time, the things I teach you, that's the reason why it's not subject to debate. It's not subject to debate. Someone cannot philosophize it. The Bible says, these signs shall accompany. Which means that once you believe, the sign accompanies you. A sign is something that is placed upon a board. Not by the board or the will of the board, but by the person who imposes such sign upon the board. If you look at that place now, that's a sign, isn't it? That sign tells you fire exit. Alright? If you look at that very um, the plastic and the frame of the sign have no power over what signs we put on them. They carry that sign because somebody imposed that sign upon them. If we change that sign to no entry, then it will become no entry. When you go on the road, you see a sign, it gives you 30 minutes power. You go 30 minutes. If that very sign is changed to 60 minutes power, you go 60 minutes power. So, a sign, therefore, is something that is placed upon, you know, an entity by a higher power or a higher authority. So, when the Bible talks about sign here, he doesn't mean anything different. Anybody who believes in Jesus immediately among the decoration God gives you is the ability to cast out devils. You don't need to fast for it. The ability to speak in tongues. The ability not to be harmed by serpents. That is metaphoric. And the drinking deadly poison without hurting you. That is metaphoric. <laughs> they will place their hands on the sick people and they will recover. That is actual. Now, today I want to speak about laying hands on the sick and recovering. If you look at the book of Luke, chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. It says, when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons. Underline the word all demons. It doesn't matter the name or the category of those demons. Jesus gave the power. And to heal the sick. But he didn't say all sick. Okay? He told them, take nothing and rest of it. But let's stop there. Jesus gave them power to cast out all demons and to heal the sick. And he sent them to preach, sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, understand this. This is the twelve apostles, isn't it? Now let's go straight away to chapter 10. What we are looking at is that Healing ministry is a promise to all believers. Yes. 
Verse 1 says, After this, the Lord appointed 72, which is the church, apart from the ministers, others, and sent them out by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, or the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Verse 3 says, Go, I'm sending you out like a lamb among the wolves. Do not take the pots and stuff like that. Let's go straight away to verse 8. When you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is said before you. Heal the sick who are there. And tell them the kingdom of God is near or at hand. If we look at these two, chapter 9 and chapter 12, Jesus sent the members of the church. But he gave them a command to preach the gospel. Then he gave them power to heal and he commanded them to heal the sick. And he commanded them to cast out all devils. Now, can I say something to you? Whenever the Bible talks about Jesus commanded you to do something, or he sent you to do something, you must understand that as long as you step out into it, he is the one that works behind it. The, the problem of many believers is that we always concentrate on ourselves and our ability, and so we fail. We fail. <laughs> If you look at the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19. Matthew 28, 19. Let me read from verse 18, really. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Now, every instruction that God gives is dual. That is, it has two faces to it. It has the part of God and the part of man. What God said to you and I is to go. But then he said also to himself that all power belongs to me. And he says, the reason why you go in my name is because I control everything. When he gave them the power to go and, and, uh, to, and preach the gospel to the Bible, says he gave them the power to go and preach, okay, and then to heal the sick and to cast out all demons. There's a lot of controversy in the church of God about demons. I love to talk about them because I have a different view to many people. Some people believe that you have to fast a lot before you go and cast out demons. I don't believe it because there's no evidence in it in the Bible. I believe that what you and I need to activate the word of God is faith. Because it began by saying, those who believe. And the major thing the devil, you know, contend with in you and I is the belief. And if you do not have that faith, you cannot operate the power. And I believe that this is the reason why the devil has developed so many theories in the church of God on earth today. So many philosophies and slangs and all stuff. Today, while I was uh, preparing, you know, uh, from home, you know, I just began to look at the church and this matter of anointing and people falling. And while I was communing with the Holy Spirit, I now said, Lord, what is going on here? And the Lord told me that, do you know that 
it is not from me. The word slain in the spirit is not in the Bible. Alright? It is a language of man. That is the reason why many people, you know, what the devil sent that language for is because the devil wanted many Christians to take away their focus from the word of God and concentrate on themselves. So what you, what you see in many meetings is that people, because people some, a good number of ministers who believe in this lane in the spirit, they have this mentality that if you do not fall, then God is not there. So they push you. That's what they wanted to achieve by bringing that slang into the church. I'm going to teach you about that later on. Twice that people fell before Jesus Christ in his lifetime was one, when they were going to push him away from the mountain, push him to the cliff, he turned towards them and the Bible said they all fell. Second, when he was in Gethsemane and they said we are looking for Jesus and he says here I am, they fell. So twice that they fell was when they, they intended to go and arrest Jesus Christ. You will never hear it again. So the word slain in the spirit does not come from the Bible. It's just similar to the word, you know, um, redemption of firstborn. That is also another slang that they use, which is not in the New Testament church. The same thing with the issue of this language has started coming up regularly now. Uh, a demonic altar, something altar, this altar, that altar. We don't build altar in the New Testament. They build altar in the Old Testament. The altar that has been built is in the heart of man now. Alright? And I have many people now coming together telling me how much they have gone to a city and they were building altar around the city. You don't need to go around the city to destroy the devil. Stay where you are. Command in the city and all demons will flee. This is New Testament. It's different from the time of um, Elijah that he had to repair the altar. Altar has been repaired by the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in their heart dwell, I mean the God who sent Jesus. So what I'm saying to you by helping you to go into that is this. I want us to, to concentrate on what is written. So, condition for healing is if you believe in Jesus. Sign follow you. When he sent the twelve... He gave them the power and authority. When he sent the 72, he gave them the power and authority. And if you look at the 72, when he sent them, in verse 17, it says, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. These people were not yet born again at the time, but Jesus just gave them. Okay? And they came and said, demons submit to us. If demons submit to people who were not born again, but Jesus just gave them that power as they went, how much more you who is born again that Jesus lives inside you? Can you understand what I'm telling you? When they came back and they said, demons submit in your name, Jesus replied them in verse 18. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on what? Snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing will hurt you or nothing by enemy shall hurt you. As recorded in the King James. Now, let me say something to you. You can understand here that the serpent and the scorpion that Jesus referred to in Mark 16 
He's talking about the devil and demons. Because here he made it clear. And anybody who wants more evidence of that, if you read the book of Revelation chapter 12 verse 7, you know, it talks about there was war in heaven and, you know, talks about how Michael fought against the dragon, the dragon fought back, that ancient serpent who is the devil. So we understand that when Jesus said he will carry serpent, he's not talking about snakes that are physical, he's talking about demons. Now, one thing I want us to settle here now. How many of you are born again here? Raise your hand. So, if you are born again, what are the signs given to you? Signs will follow those who believe in my name, they will. The first sign is what? So you can what? I can't hear you speak. I can't hear you say it. So if a Christian cast out demons, Luke chapter 10, 17 to 18 tells us it's nothing to rejoice over. Because when they saw that they were rejoicing, and Jesus said that, don't rejoice about that. It's a normal thing for anybody who is his son. Okay? That's the reason why I have problem with anybody telling me that he has deliverance ministry because it's a ministry to a baby Christian. You only need to let them know that. If a baby Christian is told, what I'm telling you, the biggest demon here, he can, he can cast him out. And you know, in this church, I've not only taught you that I've taken you to the war front, where you have, many of you, encountered and confronted occults, and they could do nothing to you. Which is an evidence that what I teach you is the truth, what the Bible has said. Okay. Now, I won't help you understand that. Let me now go into what is the, what is the key that can unlock healing ministry. If you remember, he said, he sent them to preach the word and to what? Heal the sick. So, preaching the word is a key to unlock healing. Do we agree that? Say amen. amen. Preaching the word is a key to unlock healing. Does the Bible say so? Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 19 and 20. It says, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord did what? Walked with them. And, and did what? Let's read that. Mm-hmm. So signs that are... Signs accompany what? What does, this, what does science accompany? The word. They went everywhere and preached the word. And God confirmed the word with what? Signs and wonders. So, the ministry of signs and wonders is triggered by the preaching of the truth. The word. Are we together now? Preach the word of God. Tell people who God is. Tell people who Jesus is. And Jesus will do what you say about him. Jesus can heal you. And you tell the story of how he healed Bartimaeus. 
Now I want to pray for everyone sick here. In the name of Jesus, receive your sight. And Jesus will do it because you have just preached that he did it in the Bible. So he will do it for people to know that he is the same Christ yesterday, today. This is not talking about anointing for healing. Now, I'm not talking about the gift of healing, which you may call the anointing for healing. Some do. I'm talking about the general healing gift. And I will show you the disparity. So a Christian can pray for the sick. And God will heal the sick. Because God promised. Let me say something to us. When I was young in the Lord, I prayed for sick. God healed some people and God healed the other people and I cried. Why should I cry? You can tell. Because I didn't understand that it is God who heals. I thought it was me. I have the power to heal. Correct? So one day when I cried, the Lord told me that, what, is, what are you crying for? And I said, why did you not heal these other people? And he said to me that, look, look at the Bible again. What is your job? Lay hands. What is my job? Heal. What about if you lay hands and there is no healing? Then I did not heal. What's your business? I learned by practical. Understanding that it is he who heals. Mine is to pray for the sick. It is his own duty to heal the sick. It is my duty to pray and to believe that he will heal the sick. I've told you this story before and I tell you all the time. I was ministering in a crusade. And on one day God healed, God said by word of knowledge, I want to heal a crippled child. A girl. And the girl was brought to the front. Two people raised their hands up. That God said, I will heal a crippled child. Two people raised their hands up. I said, Lord, what's among the two? He said, the girl. And the other hand went down. At this time, I have already been taught by God that he's the one who heals. So I, could, I didn't cry. Okay? They brought the crippled child up, out to the front, crippled by polio. And I began to preach. And as I walked away from the child... The power of God was present to heal the sick. And that is different from general ability and grace to heal. That is the difference between healing by faith, which every Christian does, and operating in the gift of healing. Because, let me say this to you. When you want to speak in tongues, what happens to you? You are speaking in English or your language, suddenly... An unction will come inside you and rise within you. Isn't it? And you start praying in tongues. Is that not so? So, don't manifest any gifts the same way you feel. The same way you feel. And I will show you this in the Bible with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, when the unction came my turn, I commanded that child to rise up and the child was lifted up and the child ran. The leg grew and expanded. Okay? Having that happened, I felt not good because the woman who had the boy will come to me at the end of the service. I have learned not to cry because I recognize that it is the will of God that occasions healing. I have done my own job. He had completed his job. But I was asking the Lord, what about that boy? And while they were going to say the grace, the Lord spoke to me and said, tell the one who brought the boy to bring him tomorrow. 
So, now, the following day, the crusade multiplied by three. Because those who saw the healing of the first day went and spread the news. Understand? I'm telling you this because, of course, the Lord healed that boy. I'm telling you this because we need to understand the difference between the general grace God has given to us, that is to lay hands on the sick, to pray for the sick. And we need to understand how that works, that it is your own faith. You have faith in the name of the Lord Jesus, and you pray for a sick in the name of Jesus by faith, all right? And it is the duty of Jesus to heal. All right? So if you lay hands on somebody who is not healed, as long as you have faith that the person will be healed, you haven't got any problem. I have met people who prayed for some sick people and they told them that you must have faith. Of course, sick people need faith. Okay? Well, look at that. But if a sick person came to the church to be prayed for, what other faith does he need? If he does not have faith, he would not have come to the place where he had God can heal him. And that is the faith God needs. You cannot tell that person again that have faith, have faith, have faith in the Lord. No. 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 I will help you understand this. When we, when we do crusade, why is it that in crusade we have more miracles than in church? A good number of things. One of it is that in crusade we only teach about Jesus Christ. And when we begin to teach about the miracles of Jesus and what, how Jesus performed this miracle and performed this miracle, the, the, the heart of the people who are listening will cling on receiving from Jesus and the miracles happen. Okay? But in church, we teach about spiritual development. Now, when we teach you in church on spiritual development, it takes a person who is listening and keen into the teaching to receive miracles. Are we together now? So, therefore, you can operate in healing. You can pray for the sick. You don't have to fast to pray for the sick. I will tell you where fasting is. A Christian must fast or else. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. Fasting and prayer and the word of God are the fuel to power. Alright, so, healing is a promise for all believers. Now, write this down. Healing operates by faith, and faithlessness negates healing. And that takes me to a prophet without honor. I was telling you the reasons why people get healed, so many people get a healing crusade, and many people, you know, when you come into church, you don't have the, 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 the massive healing in church like you have in crusades. Say Jesus left, this is the book of Luke, Sorry, Mark chapter 6, chapter 6, from verse 1. Say Jesus left there and went to, the, to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed at his teaching. Did you see this? Where did this man get these things? He asked. Was this wisdom that has been given him that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, John, Judas, and Simeon? 
and his sisters here with us. Many of you don't know that Jesus has sisters by Mary. Mary gave birth to sons and daughters. And they took offense at him. How can somebody take offense at a man who teaches the word of God? Or a woman who teaches the word of God with insight? Yes, they do. Over familiarity. <laughs> they do. They get familiar with him or with her. <laughs> so Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house, a prophet without honor. This is one of the major sickness of many people who go to church. You get used to your minister to the extent that when God is operating through him, you can't see it. You can't receive. People are getting here who just came and you are wondering what's happening to me. Even some people have classified their sickness and they say that my sickness has come again. Are we together now? Familiarity. But I would say, verse 5, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Alright? And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, if you look at this, the Bible says he could not do any miracles there. Yes? But he said except. So there's a distinction between healing under the unction and healing by faith. He laid hands on few people. But the unction was not present. Okay? Because the unction is provoked by the hearers. The unction is provoked by the listeners. I can give you several testimonies in my personal encounters about this. The first time I went to preach in Nigeria, you know, my brothers, they were, the first day I, 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 you know, I came back with uh, my clergyman caller, they began to, to, to taunt me. They said, Pastor. <laughs> they said, Pastor. I said yes, because they were not with me in England to see the miracles that God had done in my church, in the Baptist church then. So to them, I mean, you went to England to, to further your, your surveying course, you came back with call out. I mean, I mean, and I remember one of my brothers, you know, you know, his, his own was too much. But when we went to church this Sunday and I mounted the pulpit, 30 minutes sermon went for three hours and people were screaming. Demons were screaming from people in the church. And God began to work miracles. Alright? It was power packed. When we came back home, my mother knelt down before me and said, my son, he said, God has spoken about your calling before I conceived you. She said, now, I have given birth to you and seen you grow. He said, today, you become my father. And she said, lay your hands on me. All my brothers were running away from me. They could not come near. They were so afraid. I remember one of my brothers-in-law, 
he was with me at that time. He was still a playboy, but he was coming to church along with us. And when the miracle of that boy who was crippled, that I said I told to come the second day, when that miracle happened and that boy jumped up and ran, all right, among those who stood up, when I said, rise up, was a witch doctor who came with a god into the church. And he carried his calabash, they call it. And I took it from his hand. And I began to sing and I began to move among people. And people who had demons were screaming, witch, witchcraft and also were flying out of people. He was coming in the aisle and I was coming towards the aisle. He ran back out suddenly. When we left the service, he was running away from me. And I was calling him, Lucky, come, come, come. What's the matter with you? He said, no, 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 I can't come near you. I can't come near you. I said, what is the matter? He said, your eyes, your eyes, your eyes. I said, what is about my eyes? He said, your eyes. After a while, that the unction calmed down me, he said, your eyes was red like fire. He said, I ran because your eyes changed completely like red like fire. So a prophet is without honor in his own town. You can easily get used to your own brother who has the gift of healing, which is the unction, the anointing they call. You may easily not get blessed by your wife who carries the unction because you're just used to her. So we need to be able to understand that we must differentiate between your friend, your wife, your husband, your, your pastor, and the man that God has anointed to function in a particular role. Or else you will not get miracles. So we recognize there that if a prophet is not honored, if a person who has a gift is not, is not respected for the gift, you will not be able to have the faith that will turn the gift loose. It may be among you and nothing will happen. But when that person moves into an area where people recognize that gift in him, they will draw the unction. And it works for them. This does not work only for healing. It works for prophecy. It works for many things. Okay? This is the church of God needs to wake up from. Now, let me now give you a few examples about that. If we look at the book of John chapter 11 to verse, to, to, from verse 22 to 24, it tells you about the story of Jesus and Lazarus when Lazarus died. You know, when... Uh, Mary met Lazarus. He said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said to her that, look, now I am here. Your, your son, your brother will rise again. He said, I know he will rise up in the, in the, in the, on the resurrection day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And, the, you know, she could not understand because she could not believe that a dead for four days can be raised. And so Jesus went further and said to them that, look, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. But there they could not believe, though they exclaimed, I believe. What happened in that scripture is this, in that story, the prevailing condition terrified their hearts that they could not have faith to believe anymore. It does happen. When a person is sick, or a person has a condition that is so terrifying that that person could not have faith anymore, it demands a person who has unction to bring miracles. I was taken one day by um, uh, um, Prince Oyedele. 
I was, when I was doing crusade in Sagamu, Prince Redili, a good number of you know him. You know, he's, he comes here all the time. He, he just told me, he said, Apostle, there is a man. I want you to go to his house and pray for him. I said, no problem, we we'll go tomorrow. I said, what's the matter with him? He said, when you get there, sir. He said, I will tell you, when you get there. When we got there, they, he called the man and said, Apostle is coming to you tomorrow. He is not able to come to the crusade ground because of his condition. When we got to his house, as he opened the door, as the man was walking to, he could walk. When he takes a step, you will see his body will be falling down like ashes. His skin. He takes a step, you will see the mark of his foot filled with ashes. And the part of his body that falls down, instantly you will see sore underneath it. Alright? I said, what pack the ashes? Um, real ashes. The body is falling and it's ashes. So, when I got to him, I said, the whole body is full of sore. I said, do you believe the Lord can heal you? He said, yes, sir. And while I was speaking to him, the Lord said to me, do you know why he is like this? I said, Lord, why? The Lord said, look at him. I saw him as a young man. God blessed him as a young man. Quick, he made money. And so he got very arrogant. So, and I saw in the snap vision how he was arrogant and one of his family said, is it not before us they gave back to you and you grew? And that's a place where you have a lot of wicked, fetish people. And that person touched his body and afflicted him with that sickness. And there is no medical hospital under the earth that can heal him. Because doctors don't even know what is wrong with him. And he began to demonstrate. He lost all money. He spent all his money looking for healing. He sold all his houses, remaining just that one. He was never healed. And I told him the story of what I saw. He said, yes sir. He said, I was very arrogant. He said, God humbled me. I said, I'm sure now you have accepted Jesus. He said, I have with all my heart. So, for such miracle, there is a need for unction. While I was chatting with him, the unction of God came upon me. I lay hands on him and I prophesied over the body. I put my hands on that wound. Prophesied over his body, command flesh for flesh and skin to be restored. I said, you are healed. He started jumping up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I left. The following year, I went to Shagamu and I was at home. And Prince said, you are having a visitor coming in, in one hour. I said, no problem. Who is the visitor? And the man came. When the man came, I could not recognize him. He's a tall man. His skin was like a baby's skin. He had been fully replenished. It was like a baby's skin. He ran towards me. Apostle, Apostle, Apostle. He just grabbed me from my chair and carried me up. And he was jumping and screaming. When he put me down, I said, who are you, sir? He said, I'm that man you came to pray for. And he told the story again. I said, what? Now I look into his eyes. His eyes have not changed. That is how I recognize him. His body has been replenished. Uh, some years ago, when the church just started, myself, I think it's Pastor Emmanuel or Pastor Sidney. At that time, they, a woman came to us whose, child, whose daughter was in Homerton Hospital. 
And the child was having a sickness that the skin will, will, will bloat and burst. And you have various parts of the body like that, that swollen, bloating, and bursting, and become so. So they put her into a place where they have cellophane around her, in a type of cellophane, in Homerton Hospital in London here. Every doctor who went to see her never touches her. They have gloves they put on, and when you put your hand into it, you put your hand through a hole in the gloves before they can do anything. They are taking... They are scraping part of the body. They are you know, examining the body and all stuff like that. So when we got there, the woman told me that this is the condition of the daughter and the doctors just don't know what is wrong. They are examining the daughter and all stuff like that. We got there. I said to the nurse, can I pray for this woman? He said, why not? I said, I want to touch her. He said, you can't touch her because we don't know the kind of sickness. It may be contagious. I said, I want to touch her because it's on the And the woman said, Look, if you if you break the rule and you are you are you'll be liable for I said, don't And he said, Well, this is the hole. I keep that place and I hand into it and I lay my hands on that body. And I said that between now and Friday, the whole flesh is restored. But when I was speaking, I was speaking on that unction. And the unction came when I touched the body. Okay? The following day, it was like a joke. The sores dried up. In three days, all the marks of the sore vanished in the whole body. On the Friday, they have to discharge her. The doctors are still asking, we don't know what happened to you. We don't know what happened to you. She was discharged. Those things happen by unction. That is when you are given, when you receive the gift of healing. But you see, the gift of healing needs a little faith from the one who receives. Unless if the person who receives it is in a situation where he cannot exercise faith. Like in the book of Mark chapter uh, uh, 1, where Jesus went to heal that madman. You will discover that the madman doesn't know anything. He needs to be healed. But if you look at situation also of John chapter 5, when Jesus went to Bethesda and met the man who had been uh, invalid for 38 good years. Jesus said to the man, do you want to get well? The man was telling stories. He's in a condition that he can never have the faith which is required for ordinary faith healing to happen. So Jesus had to override it by the unction of the Spirit. Now let me give you just one or two more. If you look at the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 17, it says one day as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law who had not, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present to heal the sick. Look at the next verse. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. 
Alright? Now, this paralytic, look at him. He doesn't have any faith because in the position that he is. But some helped him down. They could not find a way to this because of the crowd. They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd. I haven't finished that. Go back to that place. Right in front of Jesus. Then the next verse. When Jesus saw their faith, not the faith of the one who was sick, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The next verse. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who in the, is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? The next verse. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or say, get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, is said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Let's read that verse together. No, there is something I want you to understand here because some of you will be having the gift of healing, which is unction. One of the things that you will get here is that anybody that God gives unction for healing, okay, God also gives them the ability to hear. Alright? Because sometimes when you want to minister to people, you begin to have understanding of, you know, a sick person that was here, you know, what the situation is and how the situation happened and all stuff like that. And when you begin to speak about it, the unction will rise within you and then you strike. Okay? So, when you pray for the gift of healing, when you receive that, it comes with many accomplishments. It comes with the word of knowledge. It comes with discernment sometimes. Which is different from the general grace healing by faith. Okay? Whenever I read this story, I always wonder, the owner of the house was in trouble. They, they, they went to his roof and they broke it. Drove the sick down. If it was your house, how would you feel? I think the man must rejoice that his house became a healing pool. Now, let me say this. Faith is the key to operate in healing. Faith is the key to operate in healing. Look at the book of Matthew. Chapter 17. Verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures. 
and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire into the, or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could do, they could not heal him. Go to King James Version. It says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Let me read that to you in, in, in NIV. O unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? You know, when believers don't have faith, you know, you worry Jesus. You worry Jesus. If you're a Christian and you don't have faith, you worry Jesus. They brought this people to Jesus' disciples. These are people who have gone out and healed the sick and cast out devils. But they couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't deal with this epileptic boy. Alright? And Jesus said to them that, look, you guys, the reason why you couldn't deal with this is because you are faithless. Now Jesus rebuked the, the, the demon and it came out of the boy. And he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus replied, Because you have little faith. I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as the mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Or nothing shall be impossible for you. Now let's go to the record of Mark in this story. Mark chapter 9 from verse 19. Okay? It says, O unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And then he cast the demon out. Now go straight away to verse 25. How did Jesus exercise it? It says, When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit. This is epileptic boy. You deaf and mute spirit. I command you, come out from him and never enter him again. Now, look at this spirit shrieked, shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse. Alright? On the floor. That many said he is dead. This is slain in the spirit. Okay? If anybody is slain in the spirit and nothing happens to him, you need to ask him what spirit slew him. Because Holy Spirit does not bring people down for nothing. Most cases, people that the Holy Spirit will hit to the floor is because he's taking out demons from them. And it's a demon's manifestation. The church of God should stop falling for nothing. I will gather now. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had done, gone in door, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not drive these demons out? Go to King James Version. Verse 29. Shall we together? I can't hear you. 
Read it again. Everybody shocking James Version. He said this kind cannot come out except by prayer and fasting. Was Jesus saying that you should go and pray and fast before you cast the demon out? No. What he's telling you is that for a person to operate in unction, any unction, healing, prophetic, anything, you must be a person whose prayer life is up to date and you fast regularly. Okay? When the unction is given to you, you have to operate it. Fasting and prayer fuels God's power in man. It increases and sharpens your authority in your lips. Paul says, food for the belly, belly for the food, both the food and the belly shall be destroyed. Are we together now? So, the three keys you are given in operating healing, faith, fasting and prayer. Faith, fasting, and prayer. Jesus says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Matthew 21, 22. Does the Bible give us evidence of that in the life of Jesus? Yes, and that's where we're going to stop. It says, Luke chapter 5, verse 16. For Jesus often withdrew to lonely place, places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If you read this, we discover that he just come from some manifestation of healing and, and power and stuff. But no matter how Jesus is busy, he will find time to pray. Do you want power? The way to it is a fervent prayer life. You want to overcome the devil? The way to it is a fervent prayer life. Do you want God to use you? The way to it is a fervent prayer life. That's the reason why you can bear me witness. You can talk and discuss with people for hours. When they say, shall we pray? Some of you fall into sleep. Is that correct? Come on now, answer me. Let's be truthful. In the midnight, you can pick up a telephone and be talking, talking with your friend. Especially women, sorry. If they are telling you a story that is passing around in London, the whole of your eyes will clear. And you can discuss that for one hour in the midnight. But if they wake you up to pray in the midnight, you say, why are you disturbing me? Even if you get up and they say in the name of Jesus, within two seconds you have gone back to your snoring. Do you know what? There are two things that work against man. Your flesh, your greatest enemy, then demons of hell. Your flesh, and then demons of hell. But do you know what makes believers not to pray much? Because their heart is not really centered on God. Because where your heart is, your, where your treasure is, your heart lies. How many of you have done exam before? And for days you couldn't sleep because you know you have to finish your syllabus. 
You know, you still have some things to read, isn't it? You go to bed and you can't sleep. You are rolling from one side to the other. You have to wake up again, get up again and read and read and read and read and read and read. Because your heart is in seeking success. If you can turn that to God tonight, it's enough. If we have understanding of this tonight, you know, some great men and women are about to be born. You didn't get what I just said. I said some great men and women are about to be born by God. You know, we have, we have, we have stayed at this mountain for too long. It is time for us to what? Move on. If Jesus says you will cast that devil, then cast devil out. You have the power to do it. You have the authority to do it. If Jesus says we lay hands on the sick and they will recover, it doesn't matter what your age is. When I was young, a young man, I was always flexing my muscle looking for somebody who is a demon possessed to go and, you know, um, use for experiment. From the age of nine, I was hunting. I remember when I was about nine, o'clock, nine years old, I will go to the, at 12 midnight, I will leave my house and I will go into the, into the dark. Because our house, opposite our house is a big tree and some little other uh, jungles there. Where witches, they said, hold meeting. And I will go out in the midnight, probably about 3 a.m. or 2 a.m., and I will go under that tree. My father had told me. He brought me out one day. He said, sit down here. And he told me about all demons, how they look, and all was stuff, because he was one of them. Now, he now said to me that if you mention the name of Jesus, you will see what will happen now. He said, do it. I said, in the name of Jesus! And all the birds, they were, you know, when birds are flying like somebody is killing them. And they were screaming, and they were running away. My father said, those are witches. They didn't return back. So, the following day I got up. And my father told me, he said, my son, the son of a lion is a lion. That's what my father always says to me. He said, there is nothing to fear in the midnight. He said, midnight is meant for human beings only. He said, when demons walk in the midnight, he said, they do not own the midnight. He said, it is for man. And he said, fear nothing. So I will come in the midnight and I will stay under that tree when they have, all the birds are there and they are doing their meeting. And I say, in the name of Jesus! And they will go, I will laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. I love it. I love it. So, as a young boy, I was saying that what my father teaches me works. He works. So, then I joined the intercessors in Nigeria. That was in the 60s. They prayed for the nation of Nigeria from that time. I would go from village to village. When they said to me that they are going to which doctor and preach to him. I will carry my Bible. They call me tiny. And I will go to the place, knock the door. I don't fear anything. Knock the door. They open the door. Yes, secretary, what can we do for you? Tiny, what can we do for you? I say, I want, is Baba here? They say, yeah, Baba told me, yes. I say, I want to speak to Baba. And my leaders are coming behind. Pastor, I know Joe's father was one of them. Who was my leader there. And I will go in. They know I've entered the place. They are going from door to door. I've entered the place where I see masquerade and all stuff like that. And I'll be telling the Baba that we came to this place to come and talk to you about Jesus Christ. Uh, I have had occasions where some, some of them say, 
You tiny? Okay, tell me what you know. <laughs> and I'll be telling them what I've been told about Jesus. The preaching I've been hearing about Jesus, right? You know, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, and if you ever believe in Him, will not perish. Have you accepted Jesus Christ, Dabba? He said, no, I am a witch doctor. No, you are not a witch doctor. You must be saved. You must be born again. Now, now, now. When we are talking, they will say, you this boy, you don't fear your life. I said, which life will I fear? And then my father used to be one of you. I said, you must accept Jesus Christ. Okay. Do we have sick here? Let me pray for him. And then my senior will come in and say, eh, I love you, I fully you. They say, peace be unto this house. And they say, oh, you are the father of this boy. They said, this boy does not care for his life. He wants to waste, he wants to waste his life. And they will say to them that, you can't waste this boy. Do anything you want to do on him. If you can catch him. That is how I grew. Confronting the powers of Satan. Have no fear for the enemy. But because of that, I pray in the midnight a lot. Twelve, I will pray. Three, I will pray. Six in the morning, I wake up and pray. Prayer and fasting every first, second, third. Fasting without food and water. Praying every three hours. That is what fuels power. Do you know something? I told you when I was young, from the age of 9, 10, 11, like that, growing, for you to understand that the power of God is no respecter of man. At whatever age, when you wake up to seeking Him, you will experience the power. Either you are young or you are old, it doesn't matter. At that very age, over the age of 12, I was seeing visions. God was revealing to me the life of elders in the church. And when I see those things, I tell my parents, they will call those elders as I tell them. And my parents know those things about those elders. Look, listen to me. Don't let anybody tell you something different. Because Jesus said it, this kind cannot come out except by what? Fasting and prayer. So if you can pray and you can fast, you can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just healing. Signs and wonders. You know, let me say this to you before we pray. When you pray so regularly, you will feel a particular attachment with Jesus. Are you with me now? Because then you'll be hearing the Lord speaking to you. Holy Spirit will be communicating with you all the time. Telling you things. If someone says to me, I don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's because you haven't prayed enough. You haven't prayed enough. Your love for God will be so deep and profound. The deeper your relationship with God, the more fearless you become as a human being. And the more fearless you become, the higher the level of faith you can operate in. I will say to you that science and wonders is the, is the extreme of faith. When you speak things, wonders, and they happen, it is the extreme of faith. That is a place you get to because of so much deep in relationship that you know that anything you declare will happen. You can't think that, what about if I make a mistake? There is such a thing. Say it and God will do it. And you cannot say it when God will not do it. Because you just don't use the authority anyhow. Are we together now? Tell somebody, <laughs> you are a son and a wonder for this age. <laughs> Get up on your feet, please. Let's pray. You know what we want to do for ourselves now? We want to pray that God will empower us. The, the, the same spirit that was upon Jesus, which God has given to us, to walk the power of Jesus Christ through us. In prayer, be, well, if it is for some people, who have told us that we are not part of those people? 
If the grace of healing is for some people, we are the people. If the grace of signs and wonders is for some people, we are the people. If the grace of prophecy is for some people, we are the people. Unto whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Lord, give us a heart that will totally love you. Give us a heart that will totally seek you. Lord, there are many of us who are like that young rich man. That tears of this world and the things we will eat or drink have taken over our desire to love you. Break the chain, Father, in the name of Jesus. You said to somebody, follow me. And he said, let me go and bury my dead. And you said, let the dead bury their dead. There are some of us who have engaged ourselves with running elter-skelter, looking for what we will eat to no avail. And we have robbed your time with our greed. And because of that, we got nothing. Lord, today, break the chain in the name of Jesus Christ. There was a man called Daniel. Though you have raised him so high in the country, but yet he's found time to bend his knees three times a day. Three times a day to the place. This is where all the politicians knew that. Oh my God. We cannot be as busy as Daniel. He was the next in command in the kingdom. All affairs was under him. He was the prime minister of all ministers. And oversight over all ministers and enchanters. And yet, he found time to seek you for 21 days. No wonder angel appeared to him. Father, that energy that was in Daniel infused into this house in the name of Jesus Christ. That understanding that Daniel has infused into everybody in the name of Jesus Christ. Have you not said to us, seek him for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the finance and money and rest will, will come. But Lord, many of us have abandoned seeking you. We are looking for money. That's why we didn't get it. Lord, I speak not only to these people here. I speak to all who belong to this loin all over the world. I speak to their spirits. Wake up in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let there be an awakening in the midst of us. Let there be a stirring up in our spirits. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' holy name we have prayed. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Do you know something? Be seated. I have to stop here tonight. Tomorrow we will start at 7. It will be prayer through. You know, how many of us know that for you to prosper, it is in the hands of God? The race is not meant for the swift. How many of you know that no matter how much you run for money, does not make money come to you? God wants you to change your mindset. Look, we started this meeting by Isaiah 44, verse 3 and 4. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. 
out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing. So the spirit first before blessing. The apostles did not, never prospered until they got the spirit. Nobody knew them in the city until they got the spirit. When they got the spirit, the Bible tells us that that church lacked no money. They were extremely wealthy when they got the spirit. The anointing of God draws wealth, not the effort of man. I beg you. You know, those of you who are younger, let me tell you something that some old people regret. Because some people discovered this truth in their old age. Alright? If you can seek God really, you will work less. You are not supposed to be working to death in your career with little change at the end of the day. It's a wrong order. It's a wrong order. That's your effort. If you turn that effort to seeking God in your field, you work little, but the result you will get will be amazing. If you are in an office, they have coffee time in office, isn't it? Your office does not prohibit you from going to the toilet, do they? Is there anyone here that in your office they said that shall not go to the toilet? Does it matter if you go to the toilet three times in the office time? Could you not pray in the toilet? Are we together? When the hour of prayer hits, could you not just excuse yourself and go to the toilet? If you are in a meeting and the hour of prayer hits, can you not keep your mouth shut and pray? While people are looking at you and you are praying without moving your mouth? Let me tell you this. You see some Christians, they keep on moving their mouth in the public. They are liars. They are plantain liars. People who pray don't do that. That is Phariseeism. Somebody, so that they think he's praying. Uh, anybody you see doing that, tell him, stop chewing your mouth. They are liars. Okay? You can, keep, you can close your mouth and you are praying. Acknowledge the Lord at the hour of prayer. And if you are not tied out in an activity, get away to a corner and bend your knees and pray. Prayer time in church, don't, don't waste it. Let me say this to you. Especially those of you who are self-employed. If you are self-employed and you cannot come for prayer at seven, every day, every day, you rob yourself, I tell you. Because that thing you are looking for, you can't find it where you are looking for it. Those who find him, find life. I would say this. I would together. We wake up in this conference, we don't go back to our stupor. Do you hear me? Those of you who do shift work, we understand that. But at the hour, recognize it in your mind. Say, Lord, they are praying in the church now. As you are walking, you are joining them in praying. You are praying as long as you go. That is the sort of heart that God needs. A heart that is really concerned about Him and what He does. This is how you can break into, you know, no matter what problem a person has, if you can see the Father do something, your problem, you can handle it. Can we not? Oh yeah, you can handle your problem. Because your problem has a solution. Okay? And it's the power of God that can bring solution to everybody's problem.
We must not allow the devil to rob us when we leave this place. Tomorrow we are going to start our prayer at 7 o'clock. And we will pray right through to 8. And then by 8 o'clock we will see what God is going to do. God bless you. Pastor Sidney, can you come and take our offering tonight? Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have been empowered. Amen. Offering time. Please. Collect the offering envelope from the ushers. And when you are coming in, you can pick one from the ushers as well. And that will fasten what you are doing. And if you collected the offering and written your check, please let's bow down and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for the healing power you have unleashed upon us. Thank you, Lord, for the power we have received. Lord, we glorify your name. Father, God, we pray in the name of Jesus. We are giving out of a willing heart, and we know it will be pleasant in your sight. In Jesus' name. Please, let's rise. Thank <laughs> you. 